Folks, welcome back to a brand new episode of Bullet Points 716. I'm your host, Degenerate Al. Tonight, I am joined by, we got Ty B in the building, Kevin Masser, and we're giving you two sports in one show tonight. We're recapping the UB basketball weekend in Charleston and also talking UB football, the big win over Toledo to get to their sixth win, and I'll and talk about uh, Bowling Green on Black Friday. Tonight's show sponsor, West Her Automotive. Masser, who do you buy from? I buy from Bun. I mean, he's just a guy. He buy from Bun. It's that simple, Tyvee. Hashtag buy from Oh, best Bunch. salesman at West Her. They have a ton of different lots. Bun, he's the best guy. He's out there, I think, uh, down on one of the ones like on Southwestern or Orchard Park. They're all over the place. You know where they are. He grinds. We'll post his cell phone number after the show, so if you need a new phone, you're obviously buying from Bunt. But, fellas, let's get right into it. Uh, UB basketball, we're going to start with them first. Headed to Charleston this weekend. They finished uh, the weekend with a 2-1 and record. Obviously a crushing loss on Thursday night to UConn, uh, but ended up beating Towson on Friday night and taking care of business on Sunday against Missouri State. All I'm going to say is, uh, Kev, we'll start with you. If you were betting on UB this weekend against the spread, you were 0-3, even though they finished with a 2-1 record. Yeah, I mean, guys, I thought they played a really great half against UConn. Um, they, they, they carried that, kind of faltered down the stretch. It's been a trend, actually, where the teams uh, played some bad basketball in the last couple of minutes um, of the first half. So we'll see if that continues into the William & Mary game. But frustrating weekend to me. I'm glad they came out 2-1. Um, Towson's a solid basketball team. So they've been playing some of these teams that have had down years in the past, but have looked pretty decent. Um, so Towson was, gave them everything they could handle. UB actually pulled that out somehow. I don't know how, but, uh, we'll take that win. And then into the Missouri state game when Missouri state's a good team, uh, UB played a little better in that game, played a great, really a great 20, 25 minutes. Kind of same thing. They let up eight points at the end of the third, third, uh, or excuse me, with three minutes left. Um, and Missouri State came roaring back. UB played a get really well in the, the start of the second half, and then kind of the same thing. They roared back, but then UB actually, you know, capped this one out. Ty B, um, what are your overall thoughts on it? I, I'm happy with the two and one, but there's definitely some yeah, I'm to work happy on. with the, the record and the wins, obviously. But yeah, some of those things that you pointed out a little bit, those inconsistencies, a lot of stretches where you had teams going on big long runs against UB, and they'd shut it down and go right back. Um, you want to be able to keep that scoring going throughout the game and continuing to put that pressure on teams and not giving them that life back into it. You had uh, Missouri State make a huge run uh, going into the end of that first half, um, and that happened in all three of those games, actually, where you had it looked like you could have gone in with a lead, and you give that up with a couple late buckets. Um, UConn and Towson, you go in tied at the half. Thankfully, you know, the ball bounces your way against Towson, really. Um and against UConn, you just sort of got big boy down low when it came down into the stretch. Um, it just showed the size difference between the Bulls and a top program like UConn, a team, you know, getting in ACOC, ACOC, or like these guys are huge and they're here to make um, a statement in this. And like they want to be playing in the NBA someday. So they're out there really trying to ball. Um, and especially, but it's nice that UB was able to, you know, put up a good fight against them and, uh, for in a marquee games on ESPNU and such to be able to do that for the program is very nice. Al. 
Yeah, uh, you know, Ty B, like you said, when it comes to a cock, a cock, and Carlton down low, it just came to the point where UB was just out-rebounded in that game, 48-40, to and those two players alone were 10-16 of from the field. You know, Kev, it just felt like it was way too easy for those two players on UConn to score. And obviously, come January, Mac play, you're not going to have to worry about a lineup like UConn with that kind of athleticism, height. I mean, they were probably both, what, 6'9", 6'10", type players. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they were 10'16". They were literally, I mean, Kev, I was watching plays where they weren't even jumping for rebounds. They, they stood there, grabbed the ball, and put it right back in. And yeah. Like, and- oh, my God, it's so frustrating. Yeah, UB also had to play against, you know, a couple of talented freshmen in this game. You know, James Book and I came back, um, was solid all day. You know, I don't know that they thought he was going to get as many minutes as he did. We said on the pregame show they weren't deep at all, but that was before um, Book Knight and – yeah, they got Book Knight, uh, Acock, Acock played, and then you have um, Adams out of nowhere. Like they, they just probably didn't have any. You know, he got zero points against Florida, three points against Joe's. Um, they just didn't have anything on him, and he kind of went off against UB. Played O'Kagan, Xavier went off against Miami a little bit. So, you know, they weren't expecting him to be a big part of the game. They did really well against the two dominant guards from UConn. It was clearly Vital and Gilbert was to they scored 16 points combined between them. Uh, really good job there. That was clearly they, they played Poli pretty well too. It was clearly their game plan, and it was actually the supplemental players that took UB down in that UConn game. I thought they had a chance at this one. Uh, Antoine Johnson, you know, he went four for 13 in this game, uh, then went on a two for 24 stretch in the next two games and miraculously missed 20 straight guys. So that's something I expect to clean up um, from a senior point guard, guard, shooting guard that you expect to be do a little bit better there. And Ball is, you know, been playing really well, getting into foul trouble. And the team was a lot different when he when he was playing. Um, UB was 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 ticking on all cylinders. He adds a different you know presence in this team. So. Hartnett still has a little developing to do. Jonathan Williams, as we all know, has you know been up and down, especially his career, um, and particularly in Charleston, uh, was was up and down in that game as well. But the Towson was the most frustrating one to me. It looked like they were going to lose that one. Um, they just couldn't figure out. Fobbs, you know, scored twenty two points. Sanders scored twenty uh, sixteen. Uh, I'm glad they pulled that one out. Javon Graves did did his best. C.J. Massenberg impressed. Mass, uh, Mbala played good again. Uh, Jordan played pretty well. Um, and then Jordan took over in the third game. And that, the third game was weird because I actually thought Missouri State looked to me. Uh, it was, you know, three games in four days, a little bit worse than Towson was. Um, they're probably better, but Prim off the bench, 29 minutes, 21.7 rebounds. They didn't have an answer for him. It was really bizarre. Um, and then, you know, they had a Dixon who they, they guarded really well. Tyreek Dixon, a uh, guy that Antoine Johnson knows, a transfer from uh, Middle Tennessee State, uh, played pretty well. So we'll see if those, those this team, Missouri State Bears, you know, makes any noise coming up. Um, but I actually thought they were a little bit worse than Tal. Towson played a really solid basketball. I'm um, glad to get a win in both. And it took a really bad turnover at the end of the game by Missouri State for UB to take oh, this one. Oh, for sure, Kev. But a big, big highlight for me is just seeing different guys on this team go off at different points building some of that confidence. Um, In that last game against Missouri State, you had Devontae Jordan leading the way all the way, 25 points, six assists, four rebounds, five of six from three, and he actually hit two of his three free throws. So, you know, that's a nice confidence builder (laughs) as, you know, we start getting closer to Mac play when these games truly matter more than anything. Um, 
But it was good to see, you know, Jonathan Williams had a good showing in that game as well. And uh, like you mentioned, Javon's game against Towson, 25 points, 5-9 and nine from 3. Um, Mbala was having a great great three games as well, 13-11 and 11 there against Towson, 15-5 um, and five against UConn while in foul trouble. So um, I think that's a real big thing for me, Al, is that they're finding different guys that can get going on different nights. And, you know, you're not just heavily relying on just one or two guys. Yeah, Tybee, I definitely agree with your point there. I feel like, like you said, in this tournament, whether it was Graves at 25 against – you know, Towson or, you know, Devonta with 25 against Missouri State. You got different guys that can step it up and really have a key game. But I'm going to ask both of you. The thing that kind of worries me is, like, is the bench play. I mean, mm-hmm. you only got 10 points off the bench against UConn. You only get 10 points off the bench against Missouri State. Nickelberry doesn't even play against Missouri State. Kev, does that worry you a bit at all? I mean, Grant had what? I think against UConn, six total minutes. He attempted mm-hmm. one shot. So that's something you got to hope that come January, they have one or two consistent guys that can get eight to ten off the bench. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Grant went uh, <clears throat> 0 for 3 in his 11 minutes against Towson, uh, picking up four rebounds and two fouls. Um, and then, you know, he played a little bit better in Missouri State, but you're still not getting a lot out of him. Um, his three-point shot's not been there at all. One, You know, he shot one for five in the Missouri State game, 0 for, 0 for three from three, four points, four rebounds. He brings a little bit of energy. Um, I, I, he's struggling. There's nothing else to say, and, and, and they were really expecting a lot from him off the bench. Guys, I just go back to what would have happened if Mbala didn't get this waiver. Um, I, I didn't know how severe it would be, especially mixed with a Brock injury. Look, he's still in a walking boot. I mean, the combination that could have been, that could have done them in. I mean, Mbala is a pretty important part of this, this team and will be for three years. So Hardnett is growing. I don't know that he'd be ready for the throw in between him and Grant. It'd be small with Grant. I mean, we're lucky that Mbala is going, but the bench play isn't a concern now. It's a major concern here. Sagu's the only one off the bench right now that could score any type of consistently. And, um, you know, he's had a little bit of his struggles in Charleston, but, you know, I expect that to, to pick up by Mac play. Um, but, no, I mean, we have some we have some challenge off the bench. It's certainly I expect that to be their strong suit. And believe it or not, it's the lineup that's a little bit better than the starting lineup's doing a little bit better than I thought they would. And the bench is not even close to what I thought it would be. So, you no know, Nickel a big blow. Grant struggling is a big blow. Hardnet developing um, is tough with the way the bench is playing. And really, uh, it's tough to say they go much deeper than six with Sagu and maybe seven with Hardnet. I don't know what you think. Yeah, Ty. obviously you got to be concerned about it. You need more than ten points coming off your bench. Um, you want to give these guys a breather, and you don't want that to end up, you know, correlating with these big long stretches where their team gets back into the game when it looks like you can finally start to pull away. Because, you know, that's a little bit what we're seeing right now with this team is, you know, whoever's hot whether it was Devontae or Javon when they came out of the game, that seemed to be when the other team was making those runs on uh, those games when they were really taken over. So uh, obviously you're going to need to find some more. Rondo was really showing some nice flashes again. I think he's just going to continue to improve, but you obviously, yeah, you need some, some wing play off the bench and something down low, at least, you know, a little bit. Just make some of these layups and these putbacks, please. Like that's that's all I'm really asking for, Al. Uh, Kev, I could have swore it was April 1st when you were telling me that Antoine Johnson missed 20 in a row. 
I mean, <laughs> bro, bro, when you texted me that, uh, you, he was what? One of 12 against Towson yep. and, and one of 11 versus Missouri State. I honestly thought you were messing with me and when, I, when I was leaving the Bills game. I'm like, there's no like way. Like, over ten in the in the in the Missouri State game and scored his and one bucket at the end and then took a pretty poor shot to end the game. Got the foul call, probably was body, so it was an okay foul call there at the end. Hit his free throws, but guys, he's got to be better than the UConn game too. He was, I believe, I said four for thirteen. That's just not good enough from a senior shooting guard down in Charleston in general. I mean, you need you need much better than really six for for almost forty. Um, it, 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 you got to have better, and, and the three especially from he's 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 slashing pretty solid, but his three is just nowhere between him and Grant. I mean, they're nowhere to be found right now in that three point line. I mean, gotta ask you guys real quick. When's the last time you've seen a starting Bulls point guard go two of twenty three? Two of twenty, whatever that was. Two of not often, man. Harris went on those runs that drove people crazy. He did, uh, but not like that. No, I mean that's like I said, that's extremely. That's like Ty Biet Houghton Park. Like from a guy who. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that, that brings me back to the Sunset Park days when I couldn't hit a damn three. Kobe. But yeah, that that was the one thing that was the honestly one of the biggest stunners of the weekend is just the, that stat line. Because when I think of this guy, I, I really thought that he was going to be. And obviously, we all have bad days. But like you said, Cab, I mean, what, is, what was it, six or 40 in three games? Roughly, yeah. yeah that's, roughly. That's, that's pretty scary. So, um, but I don't know if you guys have anything else on the weekend. I know, obviously, coming up, uh, this UB team has William and Mary at 2 o'clock on Saturday before they had on the road again for two big non-conference games. They got Vanderbilt on a Tuesday night and then DePaul on the road. So they're going to Nashville. They're going to Chi-Town. Uh, DePaul games on Fox Sports 1, but I don't know if you guys have any uh, you know, quick tidbits you want to give in on these next three games. Yeah, just a quick tidbit. Um, Central Michigan is up by 18 at DePaul at halftime, 50-32 to 32 here as we record. Wow. Um, DePaul 6-0 with some OK Wayne's, BC, Cornell, Iowa. Um, I was scared of them. I thought that's another team they put on. a. They just got unlucky with scheduling in terms of it looked like they were on the way up. Um, but that CMU game might change my opinion a little bit on that. So we'll see how that one ends up um, as we go forward. Resimac had a rough day today. Seattle beat Western Michigan. South Alabama beat uh, Miami and Western Illinois beat Ball State. So a rough day around the MAC. Um, but DePaul, I mean, I was a little bit, I thought that that could be one of the best teams that they play left. Um, we'll see. I, I'm not as worried now as they're struggling against a MAC opponent at home. So um, I, I'm looking forward to a couple of these games. Um, I think this William and Mary game's a little bit better than we think. They, they scheduled them on, a, on looks like a pretty decent year. They're up today uh, right now as well. So that's not going to be a, a, an easy game, but UB plays really well at home. Uh, if, that, if we were going there, I'd, I'd have a little bit of a worry about that game. Um, so I think they'll come out of that okay. But that I, I want to see a two-in-one stretch tie. I don't know where you are at with these these upcoming three games, but that's where I'm at. I think it's really doable. Uh, and I think it would go a long way as you, as you hit into the, the back end of this out-of-conference schedule and this really struggling Bonas team that is just <laughs> lost to Canisius, um, grinding it out against Mercer. They ended up winning by five at home, 56-51. to 51. So 
um, poor performance down there in Olean, Ty. What's your, what are your thoughts on the yeah, three so games? Yeah, so first off, looking at William & Mary, 4-2 on the season. They're up right now 77-61 on Moorhead State. So it looks like they're going to be coming into Alumni Arena at 5-2. and two. They have you know some nice games on, that they've played this year, only losing by 5 at Oklahoma. They beat Wofford. Um, so they're looking like a pretty decent squad right now. Um, just a couple names to look out for in that game. Um, Luke Lowe, the 6'4", uh, shooting guard, guy who can really shoot the three ball, can get to the rack if he needs a real efficient scorer. Uh, Nathan Knight, uh, he's a 6'10", uh, stretch 4'5", kind of guy. Uh, he can also shoot the three ball as well, so you got to be wary of that. Um, but he's going to do most of his work, obviously, down low. Uh, and then they got a bunch of international guys on their team, so i got to give a couple of these guys shouts out for the all-name team. You got Rainers, Hermanovskis, and Miodrag uh, Dronjic. I uh, got to give them a shout out. I don't know if they're really going to play too much, but um, Al, Al, I don't know about you. I'm right with Kev, though. You got to go two and one, at least two and one in this stretch. I don't think Bonnie's is really a worry. Um, William and Mary will be a little tougher than we thought probably coming into this season, but obviously that should be a winnable game for you. Um, as long as you continue to play well defensively, I think you can get that for some tough shots for those William & Mary shooters. Um, the two of those guys, Lowe and yep. uh, him, are uh, a combined 4-7 right now from three. So if you can shut that down, I think you can win that game. Oof. And that DePaul game should be tough on the road. Yeah, I think that, I think worst case scenario, 2-1. Uh, I, I think, think so. this, yeah. I think this team can definitely go three and zero if they play their best on the road, you know, in DePaul and Vanderbilt. But I have a two part question for both you guys. Um, eh, first of all, have you guys heard anything on Justin Turner from Bowling Green and his and his? I know he had an injury, uh, supposedly to Cincinnati in the second half. And Bowling Green is starting to be a team that definitely worries me. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, before before the season. Um, I thought that we were, you know, right on their level, level, if not better. But what they've been doing so far to start the season non-conference, I think Bowling Green's got to be a team that's got to be on everyone's radar, uh, especially if you're a Bulls fan. So, you know, wanted to ask both of you guys, did you hear anything on Justin Turner? Because I haven't seen much. And, you know, what's your thoughts on this team that, you know, beat a Western Kentucky team on Friday, took down a top 40 Ken Palm team in Cincinnati on Sunday, and then obviously uh, on Monday, yesterday, took a loss to Nevada, but that was without their star, Justin Turner. Yeah, so I, I follow some – I love to follow Bowling Green and Toledo accounts. Um, <clears throat> so I, they're worried about it. Uh, I don't know if it'll leak into MAC play. You know, it's the, the, the downfall to mid-major basketball is no one has to talk about anything, um, you be included. So we don't really know, like, um, what's going on with Turner. So nothing's been said yet. Um, the team is completely different without Turner, I'll tell you that right now. They weren't very good at all in Nevada. Um, they weren't really it wasn't really a close game. They were down 42 to 24 a half. Uh, really, their whole team was plowed and um, you know, Fry went 0 for 5 without the, the playmaking ability of Turner. So it affected Fry a lot, who's probably their second best player. Um, so I don't think that they're very good without him. So we'll see if it's shorter term here or longer term. Um, and, you know, they did make it to the finals of this Paradise Jam with a couple of nice teams in and a couple of nice team wins. So. The guy that will we'll next episode, we're going to have to talk about it when they play uh, Dartmouth at home um, on, uh, I think the same day we play William and Mary on 1130. So I think that's a lot to digest. Would like to get into that for you know, a couple minutes after we see that box score. But Dartmouth is still streaking five and one. 
um, and their big challenge against at Bowling Green. We'll see how they, you know, that ends up turning out. So I think that'll be a pretty good comparison to see where we're at. And without Turner, uh, you be you be jump frogs and with Turner, Bowling Green's still probably the class of this conference. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Kevin. Yeah, there's not really any news out right now about Turner's injury. Um, you never want to root for a guy to stay injured, but that does kind of really open the door, I think, for the Bulls to be the class of the MAC possibly because, like you said, Fry looked terrible with uh, without Turner in the lineup, over five shooting. Even yeah, Trey Diggs one for eight. Um, they they really struggled. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can get back on the court. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Kev, you know, you brought up Dartmouth and playing BG. I still, I mean, Dartmouth, can you really make that big of a comparison, you know, in that game? I know, obviously, they beat us week one in that first game, but, I mean, who did they beat? I mean, you're looking at their schedule. They got blown out to Jacksonville. They beat Merrimack, Florida Gulf Coast. They took UMass Lowell to OT, and then they beat a team who you can't even click on their link on ESPN.com. So, I mean, (laughs) Dartmouth still, I mean, come on. They are just – that's a horrible loss for UB, looking at it. And I I feel like BG, even without Turner, at their home court, should take care of business, you know, on Saturday. You know, no students are going to be there, so who knows what can happen at the Stroh Center. Throw the records out. (laughs) But, um, you know, Bowling Green right now, the status of their football team, they're coming to UB Stadium on Black Friday. Uh, So let's definitely, I feel like we should get into some UB football uh, after a, you know, last Wednesday a pretty dominating performance against Toledo at home. Final score, 49-30. to 30. UB on the season moves to 6-5, and 4-3 and three in the conference. What could have been, obviously, uh, if they, you know, took care of business against Miami slash Ohio. Um, but, yeah, they moved to 6-5. and five, And I feel like, Kev, this is a team where, you know, in college football, yeah, six wins, you're bowl eligible, quote-unquote. But that doesn't mean you're guaranteed to go to a bowl with six wins. So, you know, on Friday – they got to take care of business, and which they should. They're like four touchdown favorites at home on Friday. Yeah, I mean, you got everything in your favor. 28.5 over under a 51 here against Bowling Green is not a good football team. Second worst in the conference to a Akron team that's awful, losing 52 to three currently to Ohio. Um, but I, I don't, I don't have any issues with this one. I, I have a hard time thinking they get to the 28 spread. I, I think that's tough in any MAC game, um, but it's certainly possible. I probably. I don't think that they cover guys, but I, I do think that they'll probably win by 20, 24. It's going to be in the twenties. So we'll see if they, how that game flow ends up going and um, they'll just run down their throats. And I, I can't help but watch that Toledo game at points and think that, are we going to have that catastrophic, you know, 20 point blow, uh, you know, blowing of the lead at some point? Cause Toledo does have a really dominant offense. Luckily Carter Bradley went in and said Eli Peters, um, Kovac, I don't know if he was 100%, played okay, wasn't great, racked up some numbers in garbage time. Um, so I was happy with it. I like Kyle Venturis a lot. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going into next year with him, if he's going to earn that job, if they're going to get someone in the portal, what's going to end up happening. So we'll keep an eye on that. But Patterson and Marks, dominant as always. Defense played pretty good, uh, pretty good in this one. And um, as we get into bowl season, I, I, in the Mac, I don't think you can ever rely on six wins. I don't think you can. They have some nice pieces in this, um, in their, in their portfolio, beating Temple, really one of the best defenses in, in college football. So that helps them. But 
Um, some poor losses. Once again, that Kent State loss hurts a little. Um, I think that they needed to win one in Miami and Ohio. Liberty loss, not great. But I, I, they'll take care of business, and they're going to have a pretty good bowl game. So no use even going down that path of 6-6. Six and six time. Oh, Are you yeah. with me? I, I don't think they should really have a problem with Bowling Green. You look at their three wins this season. Uh, one's over Morgan State. Uh, one's <laughs> over Toledo on their homecoming slash 100th anniversary of Bowling Green football. Um, that's a throw the records out ball game, Al. You know that. Um, and their other win is just over Akron, and they've been getting blown out in the MAC. Um, lost 44 to three to Miami of Ohio, 66 24 to Ohio, 49 to 10 to Western. So I think it's going to be more of the same for them. That Bowling Green defense looks like it's completely given up. Um, I think it's going to be more of the same from Patterson and Marks yet again, where they're just going to run the ball down Bowling Green's throat and just dominate time of possession. Um, looking at that Bowling Green offense, obviously you just have to be wary of Quentin Morris, who was a great wide receiver for the Falcons, transitioned to tight end this year. Um, he's got over 1,000 career receiving yards. Um and he's a guy who averages over – he is averaging five catches per game, um, most by any tight end in the country, 614 receiving yards, which is third. Um, so he's a guy to look out for, uh, as well as uh, Bryson Denley, uh, 1,131 all-purpose yards. He's going to be a threat in the backfield, running the ball, catching the ball. So uh, if they can shut them down, I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. That UB defense has been solid. They were making um, – Last week, when uh, Bradley came in, they were just making him look scared. 6-17 off the bench. Um, he was seeing ghosts out there. I think the Bulls get that seventh win and get us to a nice warm bowl game for all the uh, the Bulls faithful. Yeah, I mean, I still, Tybee, after you just reminded me, I cannot believe Bowling Green beat Toledo. Bowling yeah, that's crazy. Green, Bowling Green held Toledo to seven points. It's crazy. That's, I mean, look at the rest of their schedule. Yeah, when it's I, ridiculous. When I they, saw the throwback they, threads and, like, the whole celebration they were doing, I, I knew right away. I was like, there's something about this game. That was a trap game for sure. There was a weird yeah, spread I mean, they, in that they've game given up too, more I than, think. Uh, I remember pointing it out to you. I'm That spread, I think, was at least three and a half touchdowns, right? It was three and a half, yeah, four touchdowns. it was touchdowns. something crazy. Um, I'll, I'll, on the road for Toledo, he's not really on the road. It's the battle of the freaking whatever it is, I-55 over there, battle of Northwest Ohio. 75, I-75. Um, you know, friend, friend, friends don't let friends go to Toledo. That's what they say over at Bowling Green. But, yeah, I mean, they've given up over 100 points the past two games. you got to expect, you know, Jarpat and Marks, you know, this Friday to have at least 50 carries combined. It, 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 there should be no issue. I like the under. Um, yeah. Definitely just pound the rock. I mean, Fantrice shouldn't even throw the ball 15 times. I It should just be straight ground and pound. And I don't know. Have you guys looked at anything? Kev, I'll start with you. But from a bowl projection perspective, have you seen, you know, where UB might go? Any potential matchups uh, for December? Yeah, I mean, I think it got – I saw a couple of early projections before the loss um, to Kent – um, I think mucked it up a little bit, um, but I mean, nothing concrete yet, but I think it will really come to fruition this weekend. Um, and after this, this, this big, we'll call it a big Bowling Green win. So I don't, I don't think I I've seen too many projections at this point, but, um, I'm excited to go somewhere warm. I think it's possible. And 
I hope we get redemption on last year's bowl game, guys. So I don't know, Tybee, if you've heard anything, but at me, to me, I, I, I saw some just random stuff getting getting thrown around, but yeah, um, nothing. Yeah, concrete. so it looks like um, ESPN's most recent projections have uh, one as Buffalo versus Tulane down in the Boca yeah, Raton Bowl, yep. and the other is the Camellia Bowl, Buffalo versus Georgia State. I think both those games are very intriguing matchups. Um, Tulane and Georgia State have both done pretty well this season. Um, I, I'd be cool with either of those December 21st games. Sign me up for those, for sure. Wow, so December 21st. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that could be a double Buffalo football game, Bills, Patriots, and yeah. UB. Yep, baby. Uh, I, I mean, that would be nuts. I, that'd be awesome, and and you said Boca Raton. So, yeah, are both those games warm weather games? Yeah, Montgomery, Alabama, and Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> they love to play wow. the Sun Belt in these games, play Troy. Um, Georgia State's a pretty good team. They beat Tennessee early on this year. Arkansas State, I saw they beat Army. Um, took care of Troy. So, I don't know. It'd be a tough game. I think I'd rather play Tulane, and I think UB would take that one. But it'd be a tough game against Georgia State. Yeah, both, both, both tough matchups, honestly. And, you know, Kev, I'm going to start with you to end this show. I want a UB football prediction against BG on Friday and then a UB basketball prediction against William uh, & Mary. Start with Kev, and then we'll go to Ty B. The, the, I have a problem with the line. I mean, I just think it's tough to predict 28 points in any MAC play game. I mean, they, they'll probably get there, but I, I can't bet it to me um i think that they win and take care of running the ball kind of grind it out game uh, i think that they take it 28 to 6 in this either nick mix extra point or two field goals early on for bowling green but that's that's where i'm at it could easily turn you be further than that but that's that's what i would bet in this one and then going into ub basketball um uh, and mary game's tough i think they do pull that one out as well as we get into the real meat and potatoes of the out of conference schedule um the road stretch you mentioned earlier um, I'm thinking that they're going to win that one, 78-71 over William & Mary. So I think it's going to be an easy win on Friday. Looks like it's going to be right around 30, part, partly cloudy throughout most of the day. Perfect football weather for grounding and pounding it. And I think we're going to see it all day, get an early lead, and just coast at home. Um, I'm going to say Bulls 41-10. I think they get the cover. And looking at William and Mary, I think it's going to be closer than we want. But hey, there's nothing better than you know just sweating out a win there in Alumni Arena with the rest of the Bulls fans around. So I'm going to say Bulls 75-70. Okay, so yeah, you got a close matchup there. Uh, I said under before in this Bowling Green matchup. I uh, was looking at the weather just in case. Was it, could there be snow? Could there be rain? It's looking like it's going to be a beautiful day. 34, partly cloudy. Definitely have some sunshine at UB Stadium on Black Friday. I'm taking the Bulls, putting up 44 points, giving up a couple touchdowns to BG. I think they cover the number. 44-14 uh, final. Could go over. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you put up 49 against Toledo, uh, I just don't see how you can't put up 40 against BG. So it really comes down to how many points that defense, you know, how much are they going to give up uh, to BG on that Friday? And then William and Mary, um, you know, with pretty much a full week off at home, I think they take care of business there as well. 
I'll get take the Bulls seventy two, uh, William and Mary fifty eight. Mm. So I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a week a weekend sweep for these two teams. Wow, I'll take it. Yeah, and then hopefully you know we should be back with a show on uh, you know Sunday or Monday recapping uh, the weekend and then getting ready for a big matchup uh, on the SEC Network at Vanderbilt eight o'clock uh, on Tuesday night and you know. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it's potential that that December 3rd is the quote unquote soft opening for the, the for the Buffalo Creek Sportsbook. That's I'm, all I'm going to say. I'm pumped up about it. I don't have I don't have a confirmed source, but from what we've been seeing on Twitter, the soft opening could be the opening night of uh, for obviously the casinos and then UB Vanderbilt. So you never know. Great, I can't wait to do next week's show. I mean, hopefully get it in. As soon as we can, Sunday or Monday, but uh, oh, yeah, it's gonna be a good we'll, one. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely make that happen. I'm excited. Throw the records out. It doesn't matter. Let's go, Ty B. Kev. Any final Is thoughts? Is it UB Super Bowl? Not against Bowling Green. I'm gonna say no. Against William and Mary, I'm gonna say no. It is the Super Bowl <laughs> against Vanderbilt, though. 100. Okay. percent A chance okay. to go to six and two. Let's go. So, you know, you guys, I said it before. I said it at the start of the episode. Buy from Bunt. Buy from Bunt. It's that simple. Full point seven one six. Show sponsor, West Her Automotive. If you need Mike Bunt's number, shoot us a DM. We'll give it to you. He's selling great vehicles during this holiday season. But, yeah, big week ahead. UB football at Bowling Green on Friday. And then UB basketball home to William and Mary on Saturday. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Sunday or Monday. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter. Good night. Now. 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 Tomorrow. Uh, not today. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>